Boo. This episode of Spooky Swirl was brought to you with the support of our horrifying backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. $5 ooh, TP backers get instant access to our terrifying show, Cinema Swill, where Kevin and I review proper grotty horrible movies. Releasing alongside this episode of Spooky Swirl, we have our Spooky Swill this year, which is The Exorcist 2, The Heretic. If you fancy listening to that, or if you just want to find out more, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. Right, let's get spooky swirling. Swirl! Dare you close the haunted gate? It's episode number 98, Trick Question. Of course you should close the gate. It's the Countryside Code. Coming to you from the haunted moorlands of Hollywood, California, where a creepy mist of films that my OTP Sam Chaplin hasn't seen. Hello, Sam. Hello, Kevin. I I can't see anything, let alone them films, because of all of this creepy mist in the creepy countryside. But I tell you what I can see in the countryside, the the, the stars in the sky because of the lack of light pollution, the real horror show. Thank you. The reason Hollywood even exists, Sam, is because the light pollution is so bad that Mm. they had to create a new synonym, a new type of star to fill the skies (laughs) with. And that's why when you are cancelled in Hollywood, they launch you into the sky and off you go there and you go, there they are now. And they go, ah! Welcome to Spooky it's scary, <laughs> scary version this time. It is. It's scary how scary we're going to get here tonight because we're genuinely doing a movie that I do not want to watch. Okay. There you go. Is that because it's bad, Kevin? No. No. I, this thing, you can't be flipping the tables on me. This ain't no reverse swirl. Okay, sorry. Because sorry. I feel like if, if you quiz me, I'm going to give the, the game away here. I do feel like I should say that I genuinely don't want to watch this movie but not in a not in a stinky bad oh it's a bad movie type of way it's in a genuine like we've done a few spooky swirls now this may be number six or number seven even but i i will tell you now sam that it's very rare that i feel scared of a movie going into it right you're scared you're scared of this. I am, but I think it's a contextual Freddy Katniss that I'm currently experiencing. Okay. And I, and I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I want everyone to know that I'm still uh. wicked bad, okay? But I am getting a little bit of the heebie-jeebies as it pertains to watching mm. the movie du jour, which is Hellraiser. Hey, Hellraiser. I mean, that sounds fun, doesn't it? He's going to race hey. in hell. He's going to play some yeah. rock and roll music. We're going to have a great time. Going to ride a motorbike. If I came in to your house then and I said, Sam, let's race some fucking hell. What would be the go-tos? What would you do to raise hell? Pop a Weezer CD in the CD player. Blast that on the Whoa. speakers. Pop oh. a- <laughs> And he's going to turn up. You know where it's like, oh, this might be too loud for your headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ignore it. Ignore it. You know, take take it on board. On board it, but ignore it. Yeah. Pop open a couple of cans of Pepsi Max. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, and get some crisps and dips going. And uh... 
describing a regular night in now, aren't you? Like, you know. Actually, I think you're about to describe what you're... Other than the Weezer, if you replace that with a Hellraiser uh, yeah. DVD, you pretty much described what... I'm anticipating the next 60 or so minutes is going to happen in your yeah, life. Yeah. And, and just see how the night goes, you know, just ra- raise some hell, but in a fun, kind of contained way. I'm very interested about the fact that you're scared of this, because I consider you to be somewhat robust in terms of fear. Really? <laughs> robust in terms of fear? I do feel, I give off that... That was such a weird political way of putting it. It's a, a robust in terms of fear. <laughs> My right honourable friend, I would say that he is robust in direct fear terms. Uh, <laughs> the right honourable gentleman from County Westmead is most robust in his fear. However, there is context... For the fear, I do feel like I give off the vibe, I was going to say. Mm. Like, I'm not saying that I am robust regards to fear, but I feel that people will assume that I am, mainly yeah. because I've done a film review podcast with you for many, many years where I ain't been afraid of no ghosts. However, I feel like much like the fact that I give off the vibe that I'm robust with regards to spice, I'm not that confident. I'm not saying I'm not, but I'm not no. saying like, oh, you need someone who can eat a spicy curry or watch a scary movie. Hands up, I'm standing up. I'm, I'm going to do it for okay. the team. I'm not, I won't put myself forward. And I feel that Joe is very good at reminding me of my own mortality with regards spiciness yeah. and scary movies. I think that she correctly knows that I am vulnerable. Like, like I'm, I'm merely mortal like all of you is what I'm saying. So is this the sort of vindaloo of movies? Is that what you'd say? No. No, it's not, because as we previously discussed, Sam, all curries have to come in pairs now on Cinema Swirl as an official Tom Cruise Hollywood-branded podcast. So... Is this the two Vindaloos of movies? It is if, when you were, like, 14 or 15, Mm. you had a Vindaloo with someone who you used to eat curries with, and that was the curry that made you realise that your tastes were changing along with, you know, you as a people because you're in the throes of puberty and growing up. And you realise afterwards that there's this whole other world of pairs of curries out there, and you may not like all of them. And just the idea of that particular curry reminds you that you've maybe avoided certain genres of curries and now that it's got into october and you've had to turn the heating on but only in small blasts and it's kind of cold and gray and you're getting a little bit of seasonal effect disorder and you didn't think that was something that you ever got before and now you've known all week you're gonna have to eat those two curries i'm not getting very hungry for the curries is what i'm saying okay does that make does that make (laughs) sense is that I know it's not as bad as the Godzilla thing, but it, it makes some sense, right? I'll be very honest with you. For the first part of that, I legit thought you were talking about curries, and I did. I didn't get. I didn't fall into the metaphor until too late. But you, look, you're not looking forward to this movie. It's scary, is the thing. I saw it at a point in my life where I don't think I was necessarily ready to see it. Mm. And I think I have, I was going to say I've eaten curries there, but I've <laughs> just I'm lost, I'm lost in the step curry away now, from the is curries. what it is. Step away. As, I, as the man in Rotherham says to Tom Cruise <laughs> after number three, you step away from step the curries. Away. You're in a dangerous mind space at the moment is what's happened. I think I saw this before I was ready to, and I've seen scarier things since. Yeah. But I do have quite a pure memory of seeing this and being like, oh no, I don't like this at all. And right. the person I watched it with is like, 
I not only like this, I think this is going to be part of my personality, things like this going forward. You know, right. I'm going to get it. This is a kind of a genre thing I'm going to get into. Okay. So there is a, a slight feeling of teenage abandonment associated with this movie oh. that is difficult to unpack. That I don't think necessarily means it's scary, but it does feel me with a sense of ennui. Okay. But I don't have any of those curry memories. Don't so. have any of those curry you- You've barely eaten a curry. You just eat chips and dips, from what I heard earlier. <laughs> exactly. So, but they, oh, but they they were poppadoms. Oh no! <gasps> I don't really know much about Hellraiser. I can sort of go into what I do know. Anything at all? I know the guy. All right. Who's the guy? Is he the titular Tomb Raider slash Hellraiser? Is he? He's the guy. He's got like nails. Right. He's got. He's very pale. Yeah. He's a, he's a bloke. Pale. We've got a bald head. And yeah. out of his head, it comes a load of, like, nails. Nails? Um, I think they're all, like, pins. Are they nails? They pins? They spikes? They're thin rods. Uh, and I don't know what is on the tip of them. Yeah, I was going to say, could I touch them? Could I go... Could I go... Sorry. And it's all, all the way around his head. What? All the way? Like, on, on his chinny-chin-chin as well? No, because I suppose that would restrict movement, wouldn't it? You'd, you'd be really fixed in place. So it's kind of... It must, it, there must be a point where it kind of tapers off. It seems like a kind of extreme acupuncture treatment type thing. Okay. The scariest thing for me is thinking about what would happen if he were to fall over with oh, that. Yeah. Not just from a in the fiction sense, but also you know when you're doing the performance and you're made up like that. If he if the actor were to fall over with all of those pins on, that's. Risky. I mean, it's a lot of you know a lot of hours in makeup having yeah. nails slowly hammered into your skull. So you know it's not not many people could do it, and it is old Hollywood, <laughs> so it's all done practically and real. Yeah, yeah. So you know they have to get in there. You know, pain. and as well, because of union regulations, they had to take them out at the end of every shoot as well, with the other end of the hammer and go, you know, over and yeah, over. Yeah. And, you know, he just put up with it, didn't he? Because he was a champ and a trooper. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, since then, he's only been able to play very specific characters, such as <laughs> Mr. Siv, because he would have loads of holes. <laughs> or, or Pencil Head, yeah. you know, as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, uh, put other things guy, in there. Has, has this chap got a name? This this fella is he not Hellraiser? Well, he's just called Hellraiser. Yeah, he, I thought he was the Hellraiser. Okay, so Hellraiser. he's the Hellraiser. Why is it called Hellraiser otherwise? Well, I mean, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Freddy wasn't called a Nightmare on Elm Street. Sam was all <laughs> I'm telling you. You know this. You've seen the movie. He wasn't. Okay, he wasn't. Hmm. One, two. The Nightmare on Elm Street is coming <laughs> for you. You know. Uh oh, is he Pinhead? Pinhead. Pinhead. Who you calling Pinhead? <laughs> Maybe he's Pinhead. But I, what Pinhead? I don't know what his deal is. And is Pinhead a Hellraiser? You know, sometimes Pinhead drinks a little beer. <laughs> Maybe he uses a little colorful sign language, huh? <sighs> I assume. I still assume that Pinhead is the Hellraiser. Pin Pinhead is the Hellraiser. Yeah. Okay. Some hell is going to be raised. Antagonist. Protagonist. Is he a ghoulie? Is he a, a, a ghost? What? <laughs> What type of uh, what type of a fellow are we dealing with here? I mean, imagine doing that to your ghoulies. Uh, that would be uh, oh, oh god no. no. Honestly, here's the thing. I love the phrase "ghoulie" to describe like a little gobliny ghost type of okay. thing or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. I absolutely love it. I've heard someone describe Dan Hayes in the professional wrestler as a little a ghoulie. ghoulie, and I think that's really <laughs> funny. But I'm torn between the fact that. 
I love, and I really do love, yeah. the phrase ghoulies is... being used for, for down there. Yeah, yeah. And if two little scary <laughs> lads came up to me, I wouldn't know what to call them because I would be like, I don't want to insult you lads, you know, and say <laughs> a couple of testicles rolling down the line here, you know? It is a linguistic blind spot is what I'm saying that yeah, I've yeah, identified. Yeah. A spooky one at that. I think he is a ghoulie. I think he's a baddie. He's a ghoulie. He's there okay. to be scary. I'm not sure where he is in time, in geographical terms, who he's raising hell towards or for or around. And is this like literal hell or like a metaphorical hell? Like there's going to be hell to pay when Stone Cold Steve Austin gets this report of the well, damage he's caused in the arena. So hell is, you know, down, isn't it? That t- heaven's up hell's down hell's downstairs as if they you were say. to raise hell up to earth level you know our plane of existence you would that make we we're, we're the sky right oh would it come i i'm thinking I you bring it's it... a knock-on effect is oh, what i'm just... saying yeah yeah we go up <laughs> but then... and then bloody jesus and mary and the angels are all in space yeah no that... no I, i'm thinking you kind of bring it up but re- leave earth leave our plane where it is Oh, you're merging. You're merging. merging. So our plane of existence becomes hell. Can I just say as well, right, if you were watching Sam in the video right now and he didn't have audio, the way his hands are going, you'd absolutely think he was a geography teacher because he's <laughs> he's doing some tectonic action here. And it's, I'm not going to lie, Sam is a man who taught a bit of earth science in his day. Yeah. Those are some good gestures you got going on there. The kid's got potential. It's a key stage three hand gesture you've got there. It's good. I don't know if hell is being merged with our world or if you are raising... I forgot the word for demons. So I want to say little devils out of. You're, th- you're thinking of Hell Eraser. That's a difference. Okay. That's not Hell Razor. Or if he's just, you know, knocking shit over, saying yeah. swears. Have you heard about his box? I beg your pardon. <laughs> um, Have you heard about his box? No. No, I haven't. Um, is that. Is that where he keeps the pins? Like a little well, sewing he, box? Got, <laughs> has, he got, has he got a little sewing box for when he wants to scare everyone? You know what? As someone who is a little bit scared of this movie for reasons vaguely alluded to, yeah. thank you for making light of him. He feels a lot less, like he's got a lot less power over me now, you know? Look, if you think about that character, I don't know if that if, if that person is humanoid <laughs> or of this humanoid? world. If it's a bloke putting the pins in and he's got yeah. to do that at some point, that is silly to have done that. Uh, that's a bit daft. So if you think of it in those terms, he's just a kind of a, a buffoon figure. Oh, it's kind of almost like a clown. <sighs> yeah. Although those are kind of scary as well, oh, no. though, aren't they? I'm thinking about a pin-headed clown. I re- he would only, the, the only things he would put in the box are more pins, I reckon. So he's got... Yeah. So he could probably... like. Like, he touches you, or he puts the pins in. Does he make everyone else into pinheads as well? Boop. Yeah. He just He's going to pin he... people up, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, that It could be that. But I don't I, I, I don't know what his intention is. I don't know what the story is. I just know what he looks like. Does the name Clive Barker mean anything to you? Um, It rings a bell. It rings a bell. It, does it ring a bell? What type of bell does it ring? The bell of, like, I, uh, I've heard that name before. But I have no idea in what con. Is I I think Clive is is British, right? Clive Barker. <laughs> I love this. This is weird thing that a Brits can can tell a Brit just from the name alone, yeah. just from hearing it. Like Clive Barker is a you, British name. If you Come just on. saw it written down, if you're like, oh, you're bloody Britain, you like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a British guy. Is this a is this a British film? It is. 
What? It is. The, oh, but the, the but Hellraiser and the image of that guy feels so fucking American. I was going to say, hell is so American. We don't have <laughs> hell here in England. No, over in America they have heck. We have hell. It, it feels very North American, that character. Why? What What makes him North American? I don't, That's well, I, I guess I'm thinking in terms of... Is it because you saw no pinhead image use during the Brexit campaign? Like you thought if yeah. it was a bit of best of British and a bit of bully and a bit of, a bit of hard stuff, they'd be like, oh, enough of the experts, let's get a pinhead in the sign, you know? All I'm saying is he was nowhere to be seen during the 2012 Olympics opening ceremony. Um, and if he was... <laughs> Part of that the means, fabric of British that means culture, he's he would have been there. Part of British culture, yeah, he's, that not, is, he's not one of that the ones. Is it? Yeah, so yeah, that's true. I think he's been taken in by by the Americans. But now the Queen has died. There is yeah. a spot open, isn't there? Yeah, you know. So maybe he could sneak uh, in there. Was Pinhead the understudy for Her Majesty? We are not <laughs> sure. So you know your Freddies, your Jasons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They yeah. feel like they belong in a certain horror canon, a sort of eighties, nineties thing that to me feels of the usa i guess that's what i'm saying there okay because um, it's like it's i mean it's it's a character based horror is that the is that a right way to say it yeah i mean that's what you're assuming at least on the basis of this like you think would be you know following this chap around i don't reckon he's the goody i don't reckon he's like our main guy <laughs> that we're following around and something horrible happens to him i think he's the horrible thing that happens to other people okay okay interesting oh, i interesting. don't know i i think you have basically avoided any actual plot there yeah and i don't think i I, i'm not sure if me being worried about watching the movie makes it like because i mean is this one that you would have because i I always remember i think it's part of the reason why it was kind of scary when i watched it that one time was that this was one of the ones that was always on like you know the far away shelf in the video store you know like this was kind of like this is one of the the scary scary movies you know it wasn't banned in ireland or anything like that but but it was big scary it was but it's weird about that is i remember that shelf also had silence of the lambs on it and i don't find that scary in the slightest i'm nervous that you're concerned about watching this yeah but i'm a Um, grown-ass man now so what am i going to be scared about i'm a bit of a scaredy cat when it comes to horror sometimes so maybe i shouldn't be so flippant have you been scared on this pod before Um, past spooky swirls i know alien maybe had a bit of an impact when we first saw the shining as well shining yeah. yeah it's the psychological shit that that really does it to me i think I, I, Do you, you think know, you're going to get psychological in this? Well, I don't want any pins putting in my brain. Is what I'm saying. You know. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I don't. I don't know. I think I've been. I thought it was one of the silly ones, and now I'm getting nervous that it's probably one of the cerebral, really horrible ones. I mean, but like, I don't think. I I don't think I can guarantee you one thing or the other there. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. we are we are basing this on a. <laughs> On a confirmed to be very anxious man's much more anxious teen years. Sure. So yeah, yeah. I feel like maybe, and I'm fucking hoping about this, that it's one of these things where I've made it into a big scary thing in my head. I'm going to go watch it now and have a proper laugh, but all the lights will be on and I'll ask Joe to watch it with me because <laughs> I don't want to watch it on my own. 
it's a shame films i mean you can do this but they don't have that thing at the start where you do a gamma adjustment and you make the logo visible because i think i would always bump that up a, a, a couple of i thought you were about to say like an adjustment to see like how scary it would be for you <laughs> Easy like, mode. I'm, very, I'm quite scared because it's gray and cold at the oh. moment all right we'll make it a bit less scary for you then how about yeah. that oh okay but this could be quite cathartic for you you know if you have fun here and we talk about That's it together true. and we just you know laugh about it i'm not trying to set it up for failure but i am thinking the best case scenario here is that it's just shit and um, yeah it'd be grand like you know and it's and it's iconic but it's iconic because of its imagery and the fact that it has spawned a whole franchise off the back of it mm. but you know it's one of these ones that i'm it is revered and it's considered to be an all-time classic in the uh. world of horror but i think horror what constitutes good horror in the eyes of horror fans does not necessarily always translate although it sometimes can to be what film buffs consider to be good films right okay those things can coexist but they can be separate as well i'm pretty sure yeah. of that fact i don't really know what reputation this has in terms of quality but i by god i'm curious about it they put they put it on the shelf in the video store sam the, they won't just put anything up there scary shelf you know? Yeah. Although now I'm thinking about it, I keep seeing Ace Ventura when nature calls on that shelf as well, now that I think about it. It could have just been a shelf, you know? <laughs> just the return the ones that have been returned. <laughs> the returns, yeah. I have no more of a clue. I don't know who's in it. I don't know who's done it. I don't know really when it was from. I'm guessing 80s, 90s, I think, for this. 80s, 90s. Yeah. Okay. Fair guess, fair guess. Well, before we head into the scary world of Pinhead and his box, let's look into the mailbox. Oh, oh, God, there's all <coughs> cobwebs and Sorry. <coughs> dust and shit in here. I will ask you once again, as I do every October, to stop emailing in your cobwebs, your yes. specters, and your ghouls. We have no more room for them, and the filter on our mailbox is getting clogged up. Please stop it. But if you do have any questions, queries, comments, or other stuff, send Absolutely. them on in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Ah! Dot com, dot com there, there we go. Ah, on your toes. Our first piece of correspondence comes in from Liam, who writes the following. Hi guys, happy spooky season. Happy spooky season to you, uh, If you both had to dress up for a Halloween party based on a scary character from a movie, brackets, horror, or any genre, close brackets, what would your choice be? Let's assume any costume is readily available. All the best, and let's have Halloween on Christmas. Liam. Uh, that's a Blink-182 thing, which is, you know, that's... I think, isn't it? Or is it? No, it's probably. No, a... it's, it's, I think it's a Nightmare Before Christmas thing, actually, guys. Uh, uh, you know. Where are you? Where are you? <laughs> I'm in, I'm at home watching the Nightmare Before Christmas <laughs> again for the eleventh time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Liam, in answer to your question. Oh, actually, Joe, yeah. Joe, the intern says I have to say to you, Happy Blink Day. Thank you very much blink um <laughs> i'm winking into the microphone i'm very excited to have spent a horrendous amount of money on tickets for a band that are in my experience not great live but i am very fond of so yeah because they all just stumble out on stage all old men where are you <laughs> i can't find you what are you guys doing here we're we're the paying audience where are the, the you well 
the well paying audience. <laughs> what? Where are you? <laughs> so, in answer to Liam's question, who for a themed Halloween party around a scary character? Themed, scary uh, theme. I'd have to say that I'd go for perhaps the scariest character and my favourite fictional character, Ooh. the Joker. Now, I, I do. I do <laughs> This is my joke choice because it's the Joker, but I do think... Oh, that classic Joker. He's always making the joke choice. I feel that we're we're at an interesting cultural stage where if you were to have a sort of semi-ironic Joker-themed Halloween party, it would straddle a very delicate, fine line between being utterly insufferable and hilarious and quite fun. There's so many iterations and interpretations that I think it would be, you know, a laugh, which is what the Joker loves. That's what he would Stop like. Stop saying that the Joker loves a laugh. Like, it's, you're not doing the character service like you think you are when you I'm, say he loves I'm auditioning laugh. for my version of the Joker who loves a laugh and is game for a giggle. <laughs> <laughs> when will they Look, do a British Arthur Joker? Arthur Fleck had a tight five. That's all we can say here, right? He did. Exactly. He needs to work on it. That's all. He needed to work on it. Similar origin stories is all I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm the Joker. I'm saying I could be the Joker. And that's fine. As a serious answer, I think a, a room full of beetle juices, or beetle juice, I don't know what the plural is, would be great, I think. I think that would be fun. A lot of stripes. It'd be very clashing, though, wouldn't it? Like, everyone's yeah. wearing stripes, and no one's going to get them all the same. There's going to be all different ones. No, but I think that's the fun, the mismatched kind of vibe. And what we do then is is we go around the room and we find out anyone who's a fake Beetlejuice because they're, like, all, like, wacky and fun. And like, that's not what, no, that's not what Beetlejuice no, no, no. is. No. It's horrible. You're not being horrible enough. Please leave the party. Thank you very much. <laughs> and by saying that to someone, you are being horrible, so therefore you are eligible to continue it's, to be stay. Beetlejuice. Yeah, stay, yeah, it you works. know? Exactly. Uh, how about you? What character would you go for? Well, my gut reaction was the love guru, because it is the scariest <laughs> thing. But I'm also like very aware that that would be incredibly racist. And any time yeah. you're dressed in another culture's clothing, and you're going, no, 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 the guy who I'm doing it as was white. Uh, that yeah. is probably... A losing battle so what instead i would dress up as and theme it around is the dvd release of the love guru <laughs> uh so i would dress up with a nice big kind of cardboard cutout type yeah. of thing you know it's physical media and it's you know and it could take place in a landfill so when the party's over you could just could pave over it and move on with your life oh, you've just made me think i wonder if there's a dvd commentary on the love guru and what that what on earth that would be like Ooh. I'd love to. I tell you, I'd love to watch some cursed commentary tracks. Yeah, you know, yeah, that I'd love because I mean they are out there. They do exist. There's some absolutely like demented ones. I you know, there's, there's John Carpenter ones I have listened to where he's absolutely definitely had a few. Like that's the <laughs> nicest thing you could say about it. John Carpenter, Ghosts on Mars, and the unmistakable sound of a six pack being opened. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they're going to become a sort of, not not a lost media, but a kind of undiscovered media. I feel, I feel like we're straying into a different Cinemas World question, but that's fine. I, you know, it's sad that, that with the streaming, there's no yeah. commentary tracks, even though they exist for a lot of this stuff. Yeah, it's true. And I feel like it shouldn't be understated as well, the importance of commentary tracks, because we've all been there where we're like, you know what, I'm going to watch the movie again, this time with the commentary track. And that is like, honestly, some of the best like 15 to 20 minutes that you can have as a movie fan before deciding it's boring and you turn it <laughs> off, you 
you know. But like those fifteen <laughs> or twenty minutes, like they're sweet. They're really sweet. They're yeah. really good. You yeah. know. So you're you're going as the love guru on DVD, not on DVD, not the actual yeah. character. Actually, yeah, you yeah. know what? HD DVD. Let's do it properly. Let's do it justice. <laughs> Extremely cursed. Just in time. Extremely <laughs> cursed. That's when it stops being lost media and it starts becoming cursed media. <laughs> When you get that red top on your box. Wonderful. So uh, thank you, Liam, very much for your question. Thanks, Liam. Next question comes in from Dan, who writes the following. What is your favourite jump scare experience at a cinema? Dan writes, mine is the first paranormal activity, full screening, loud screams, etc. Proper as seen in films experience. So they kind of, ah! uh, that's from Dan. Now, I don't know if I can recall a memorable jump scare experience in a cinema, but what I would have liked to have been around for is the one in fucking Citizen Kane, because I think that's <laughs> the... I, I think that is probably... <laughs> will have likely been the most effective jump scare ever, because it you don't see it coming. It's not genre-appropriate. Yeah. And it is just thrown in there to wake anyone up who's kind of zoning out after a, a long movie. That's a proper, that's a jump scare like that. That's you a can't, real jump scare. You can't disagree with that, even though it gets a horrible reaction out of yeah. most. It's, it's a load-bearing jump scare is what that is. It's mm. very important. I mean, it made me realise that I try to, generally speaking avoid a lot of movies that i think are going to have jump scares because i do like horror movies but i don't particularly love jump scares i find that when they are used often in most modern horror movies and cinematic releases around here anyway yeah. they're often a, a, a cheaper end of the spectrum yeah you know and i mean i always say that a quiet place was really good for those scares because i felt that because when i saw it in the cinema there was no one there it felt like an extra good pure like ah, when you did get it yeah yeah but honestly my favorite jump scare i've got a, a one i really liked a one that i absolutely hated the one i really liked was seeing someone else jump scare when i went to see it was like shark attack 3d like an absolute dog yeah, yeah. shit naff let's go see a crap movie and there was only like nine people in the cinema and one of them for whatever reason was absolutely fucking terrified of the shark when it like not even a, a crappy cg shark was being to go ah and like that, that was great because you need to see things sometimes where you realize that, you know, you know, something out there would be scary for anyone, won't it? Like even, even Shark Attack 3D can be proper scary. But I think my favorite one in terms of a, a proper shit, like, oh God, it got me jump scare yeah. was uh, I saw Drag Me to Hell when I was probably the most depressed I'd ever been in my life. Okay. And I was absolutely not in the mood for the mood. Like someone's like, oh, you like it? It's, it's a romp. It's Sam Raimi. It'll be a good time. And I was like, okay. And I was literally like oh. through hands watching. It's because I was like, it's not even that scary, but I've seen it no. since. It's silly. Like I was just like, oh, oh. And spoiler alert, the end of the movie is like, ah, horrible thing happens. And when that happened, like you could hear a pin drop in the cinema. And I just went, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and that's how I got the inspiration to get into podcasting. Wow. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, remembered while we were talking about jump scares that I think there was a Euros match that England were playing in once where Wayne Rooney, after he scored a goal, after, after he scored, he grabbed the camera and kind of screamed into it and shook it around. Yeah. And it really felt like a genuine, horrifying uh, jump yeah. scare. Oh, that's uh, when Rooney, he grabbed the camera, like, let's get a fire going. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that. Thank you, Dan, for your question. And uh, if you've got any more questions for the mailbag, it's cinemaswell at gmail.com. He's made us fucking think of all like the worst things possible before going to see a movie that I've already expressly said I'm not <laughs> looking forward to seeing. 
This is not helping matters at all, but thank you, Dan, for your email. Thank you, Dan. And uh, cinemaswirl at gmail.com for any and all such correspondence. Let's close up the mailbag. I'll put back all the webs from all the spiders. Put those back in there. Wrap that hang, up. Hang on. Let me put this ancient seal on it full okay. of runes. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it won't... Oh, we'll, 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 don't lose the key for that now. All right. That's that sealed up. So Sealed away. All right, Hell, Hellraiser. Hell, Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Are you ready to raise a little hell, Sam? Hell yeah, I am. Well, Woo. let's go do a goddamn hellacious cinema swirl. Don't go in there, back. Sam, initial good reaction to the Hellraiser. But, uh. (laughs) yeah, it's that. It's sort of, you know, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's the wettest movie we've done in a while. Yes. Put your uh, put your ponchos on. If you're sitting in the front row, you're going to get splashed on. If you are watching this movie at home, guess what? Your home is now the splash zone because a lot of uh, liquid, a lot of ooze, all the different viscosities of liquid, all the different viscosities... All the different viscosities <laughs> of liquids. <laughs> all the different viscount viscosities. All the different viscosities. All... <laughs> All the different types of biscoff that you it's can have. It's a biscuity have. movie, is what we would say. It's, it's very it's biscuity. very crumbly, but there's a wetness there as well. Basically, yeah. it's like that special biscoff topping you can get. No, not the spread, the topping, because it's wet and, and oozy at the same time, you know? You know when you dunk your biscuit in your tea and it breaks off and falls in? That's this bloody movie. That's what that's like. It's like a wet biscuit. Now, so that's the thing. I can't read ye English for that now because mm. I feel like someone could go like, when you, your biscuit breaks off when you put it in a mug of tea, and there are probably some people who go, Hey, we like that. Yeah. We like to drink our tea and then get the degraded sludge, the tea slag that's at the bottom of the mug. And there might be some people who are like, oh, no, nothing ruins your day, like your biscuit breaking off in your tea. I feel I'd be in that category. I don't like no biscuit falling off. I caught a uh, heavy metal band name in amongst what you just said, which was their degraded sludge. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the subtitle for this movie. Oh, quite. Quick update for me on my watching experience. Mm-hmm. I thought I had everything going for me because uh, the the lights were on. It was nice and bright and I thought I could cajole Joe into watching this. She had to go out, so I had to watch it on my own, which led uh. to a nice 20-minute deferred. Do I really have to watch this movie uh, in since I had it at the start? So that was a good 20 minutes of me literally staring at a near-blank screen trying to work up the courage and I feel mm. both silly and somewhat humiliated that I had anything to worry about at all because it was mostly a naff splatfest, this, wasn't it? Yeah, but I can sort of see how, you know, younger Kevin was a bit scared by this. I, I understand that. It was too much too soon. It yes. was a bit full on, I think, as we'll go into as we look at Clive Barker. Again, very British name. Hellraiser. <laughs> so, um... We open with a box, but not just any box, Sam. 
A puzzle box. A puzzle box. Can I just mention, we don't often do credit watch these days, which is not about whether you can get a mortgage. It's um, the, 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 the names in the credits. Yeah, which is when you try and get a mortgage, you're like, not want to name like broccoli or not. That's fucking <laughs> stupid. Hang up. No mortgage for you and your dumbass name. There was a lad working on this called Sean Chapman, which I think is what I was called at my graduation by accident by the announcer. So that was, uh, that was Sean Chapman. Sean Chapman. That's good. Of- Grim alternate reality Sam Chaplin. And I've got another grim alternate Sam Chapman in my back pocket for you as well, which is, I shit you not, when Joe came in later at one of my many breaks in this movie and I was listening to some question dodging from current Foreign Secretary James Cleverly, Joe literally said, is that Sam Chaplin? So you now have to go out of your way to hear the voice of a politician who probably will not be in the post by the time this episode is edited and released. So the the voice of James Cleverly sounds like me. The voice of James Cleverly. Yeah. When he's defending an untenable position. (laughs) That is... Well, that's what I have to do a lot of the time on Cinema Swirl. I have to be like, I drink Pepsi Max all the time and that's fine. And I think that's okay. (laughs) Have you considered your position, (laughs) co-host? So, yeah, we, we start with a box, a puzzle box. A puzzle box that itself is a puzzling box. Yeah. Look, it's a, it's a nice-looking box. I will say that for the box. It's a lot of craftsmanship. It looks good. It does. There's a craftsmanship, and I think i got to have a tip of the cap to Mr. Clive for thinking far ahead to the future, going, there'll be at least 11 of these, and they'll need a quality case for the Deluxe Collector's Edition. <laughs> yes. Case in point, the first thing you see... The first thing you see is that collector's edition. Now, I don't, I'm only like, I don't even know if it exists, I, although I'm 95% sure. That it comes in the box. That it definitely yeah, exists. Yeah. If they got all the Phantasm movies in an orb, they got all the Hellraiser movies in a box, it basically looks like a DVD box already. It does, yeah. I imagine they pa- if they package, there's, I, I'm guessing there's multiple Hellraisers, package them all up in the box put that in you get you you know not just one dvd but a stack of dvds um it's a nice looking box i'd spend upwards of 65.99 for that uh, you know a decent replica in a shop sam sam if you, you say that loud enough now your targeted ads are going to be very very interesting <laughs> the next few days my friend at zavi has got a bargain for you and then some and you thought that pinhead was the scariest thing regarding nails in this movie Wait till you see the grubby fucking mitts of the lad who's pawing all over this box at the start. It's fucking Mm. gross, Sam. Ew. Yes, he's sweaty as hell, fondling his uh, his little box, which I initially thought might be like a sort of a fidget toy. And it kind of is a puzzle box, so it sort of is that kind of thing. And then we immediately get the kind of hooks in the back, the, the stabbing through the back thing when the box gets unleashed which is a very quick kind of we're only like two minutes in and we're like yuck gross it's all yeah and it's proper like it swapped from the man to i bet you didn't think we could make a man out of tempeh and seitan and mock duck (laughs) you know and a nice and look it cuts like me as well you wouldn't really even notice it yeah and I think this first shot made me go immediately, this is why I was scared of it, and also why I cannot be scared of it anymore. And I feel like I've had a long history since I've come to this country of literally looking at things in life, can be shoes, can be clothes, can be objects, 
can yeah. be things, can be people, and comparing them to food and that giving me endless joy. And this has been backed up by all my loved ones, Sam. So I knew I couldn't be scared of this anymore because I knew that everything looked like it was edible. I think the thing episode with you and I back in a previous spooky swirl banished what last few ghosts I had of being scared of this type of horror. Okay. And now I just thought it was like succulent, you know? I mean, they've gone ketchup heavy in their serving of all this stuff is what I will say. Yes, Lot of sauce, lot of yeah, sauce, a lot you know? of sauce. I, I put in my notes Hellraiser's here, but Pinhead's here, <laughs> and he's here to sort of he kind of like pieces back together the lad's torn up face, then puts the box back, and it genuinely looked like something where it's like this is a touching tribute to my dad who passed away before I came on to Bake Off, and they've asked <laughs> us to bake an inspirational cake. So here's my dad as a pecan loaf and here he is out his face and it fell on the floor but it's all right mary we're gonna put it back together and then no feels gonna go what can we do what can we you're gonna do nothing aren't you no you're obviously going to do nothing stop condescending and paul's like look the flavors are there and that's the important thing and you did present something which is what's important so yeah but you know as well as i do sam if you or i were on bake-off and we were in one of those situations where our face cake fell and smashed (laughs) and then matt lucas came in and through the spirit of friendship and bonhomie put the cake back together at the end they're going to go congratulations sam and kevin you've had the best cake but one of the presenters did actually make it for you so you're getting nothing this week yeah as a matter of fact we're sending you home to set a precedent A new scary precedent. It's fucking spooky swirl. All sorts of fear coming at you this time. Well, um, Pinhead at this point feels like he's just sort of tidying up. He's just putting everything back. The blue kind of wiggly worms that mean hell has been unleashed go back in the box. And it's all sorted, so that's that's nice. Thumbing his nose at the board game Wiggly Worms, (laughs) you just can't catch us, Wiggly Worms. Yes, I can, scoffs Pinhead. They're all right back in there. I was wondering about the cube, how it stacks up with some of the other great cubes Mm -hmm. from modern culture, like the Rubik's Cube, Peter Molyneux's Cube, or ITV's The Cube, or ITV's The Live Cube Experience that you attended. I have done, I mean, there's a lot of cubes in your life, Sam, so you're an expert. So many cubes in my life. I think ITV's The Cube Experience would probably top my list of top cubes, although I didn't get the 360-degree surround sound photo. I don't think it's a surround sound photo, but you know what I mean, the kind of bullet time photo thing. I didn't get that. It just said it's not working. I'm like, well, that's... Oh, I thought you didn't like you had to get a certain point threshold to, to, <laughs> to, to unlock that yeah, sorry not. now try again give us another 27 quid or whatever uh, what was the cue for the cube like i just want to ask that question out aloud i'm sorry no cue for the cube walk straight in cube for the cube. but it was early days of the cube so i think they were still ironing out some of the cube creases yeah i think because of tory cuts the days of walk-in cubes are long gone <laughs> now at this stage long gone now <laughs> Yeah, you'd be waiting months for a a cube appointment. So there's a a nice, well, uh, there's a couple here moving into this house. (laughs) Nice! Nice! What was the requisite for them being a nice couple that one of them had an English accent? (laughs) They immediately red flags both of them. They look like creeps coming into a smelly old damp house full of unclean dishes. The second scariest thing in this movie. Good Lord, could you imagine the cleanup? 
Oh, the, one of those creepy old maggoty kitchens. You know, it's all it's crawlies all over it. The, can you imagine yeah. the stench? The stench. Oh no, thank you. A wet stench, Sam. A wet stench. I think this was the dorky dad. Larry, was it? Yeah, this was, Larry. Yeah, this is the. I think it was his mum's house or something. There's a bunch of old like religious tat there, but also his brother was there. Oh shit! And he's a dirty sort, that that brother Frank or Frank the fucker, as he's also known in certain circles. Right. A dirty man who has used this house for his dirty ends and his dirty rituals. I don't know if I've been sort of desensitized through the shifting culture since the the late eighties, but the the way that like he's a proper wrong and pervert it's like he's got like a, a statue that's got a willy on it whereas i think now Whoa. if you saw that in a, in a charity shop you'd think that's quite quite quaint i don't consider myself to be a pervert like frank definitely is in this movie yeah but upon last thought there are three separate statues in my house all in the same room that i think about it that have mickeys on them well and there we go two of them are the same like you know we, we had a statue that had a Mickey on it. And then one day yeah. Joe's dad came and he was really excited. He's like, what? He's like, you won't believe what we found amongst your grandmother's things. It's another identical statuette with a Mickey on it. But yeah. of course, this is the 80s. It's a different time. The telltale signs of Frank squatting, his telltale erotic porcelain, his trail of <laughs> jazz mags and homemade pornography, a wet stench in its own right. It reminded me of when I was in a wet market in China back in the day. A lot of kind of squelchy floorboards and old meats. But no rude photos. No, no. I mean, I took photos of the wet market that in retrospect seem rude like okay, me yeah, yeah. stood beside a big rope of hearts being like hey that seems yeah. kevin rude right. somehow if if you abandoned your house and then someone came into it and saw these photos of you with a string of hearts and then loads of statues with <laughs> mickeys on them they pieced together an image of the man and it, i don't think it would be a flattering one is what i would say no no i think i think i would be Target number one for the Cenobites. Yeah. According to this movie's rules. So there's the there's the dad, Larry, there's the, the mum, Julia, and there's also uh, the dad's daughter, not Julia's daughter, the dad's daughter, Kirsty. Um, Kirsty. She pops over while they're all moving stuff in. There's a kind of gross moving lad who's like, that your daughter? She's got her mother's looks. And Larry's very quickly like, her mother's dead. And yeah, then then Sad. quick as a flash, the the moving man is like, "That's what I meant, old oh man. Your your daughter, she looks like a corpse. She looks like she looks like your deceased wife, is what I'm saying here. Oh, give me that oh. beer. He gave them four beers as well. Yeah. Fucking fueling them up. You have some yeah. rowdy movers in a bit. And so Julia, the wife with the English accent, who I assume is nice because she's got a nice best of British accent. Um, She's, oh no, she she definitely she seems like she's got a stranglehold on some local council or something like that. She's got that evil eighties hair. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's looking through these photos of Frank that she's found, the, the the pervy photos. She rips there's like him with a woman in a mask, and then there's him with another woman. She rips the photo to sort of rip the woman off of it. And at that point, the tap breaks downstairs, which I think is symbolic. I think that means symbolic. something. Symbolic. Because she has a uh, a dirty past. 
yes. with Frank that we see in these flashbacks now, which I'm going to say right now, if the Stinker's Bad Movie of the Year Awards had an unerotic erotica category, this would most certainly be it. I've never seen less sexy sexual <laughs> content on my screen. And this is something else, let me tell you, because, oh, Frank, he ain't much of a ladies' man. There's all sorts of, like, knives being pointed and, like, shoving people in the bed going, it's never enough, is it? And yet this is the relationship that we're meant to believe is so hot and heavy that Julia wants to commit unspeakable horrors to get back to. He didn't even make her a nice meal afterwards or, you know, what the hell, man? Well, that's because he is a nice meal because later on he's sort of made of meat. But it it, it was such a, <laughs> a, a, a potent, passionate, strong sexual relationship that it has got her in a position where she will do anything. It's some nice exposition that Frank introduces himself in the flashback fantasy as I'm Frank, brother Frank, <laughs> which is like, oh, okay, he's the, <laughs> he's the brother. Oh, okay, okay. that's all right. And yeah, we had a question in the pre-swirl about mm. jump scare in a movie, and I did mention A Quiet Place. I do think the biggest scream out of me during a quiet place is when the lady steps on a nail because i am very very scared i've oh, never yeah, stepped on yeah. a nail but i'm very scared of it happening to me and when the lad gets the nail in the soft the Ooh. soft palette of the hand Ooh. and then like they cut over to it two seconds later it's like someone's attacked it with a fucking sword he's like <laughs> that was the third scariest thing in the movie yeah but he didn't even it didn't cut it on like the sharp end of a nail either it's like the the sort of the top yeah, bit the, the bit you the isn't it? it really just went in there and fully just fucked up his hand so <laughs> and there's, there's a nice little transition of her you know fantasizing about having sex with frank and the kind of thrusting motion and then the dad larry kind of pushing a bed upstairs going it's, it's a nice little con contrast but then yeah he fucks up his hand the two sides of a bed a bed can be <laughs> a very sexy place where you have comfortable sex, yeah. or a bed can be a very horrible place where you can find yourself trying to move it up a flight of stairs using only the sheer power of your neck and scalp. Well, quite. And there's blood everywhere. He comes into that, the, the sort of fantasy room, I, I keep calling it, where she goes up to think about Frank. He, the husband walks in, just bleeding all over the floor, and it kind yeah. of it seeps down into the, the floorboards. I like this thirsty floor now. This was mm. very efficient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they don't tell you now these self-cleaning floors you could be getting. They only shoot out a load of old pork pie jelly afterwards. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, I'll tell you what, I wish my floors were thirsty for uh, for dog urine, because that would solve some of my problems. <laughs> <laughs> but then what kind of weird pervert would that be under the under the floorboards is what, what I'd, I don't want to find out. But, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't want to be brought back to life if you got killed, Sam, and then be like, the dog's piss resuscitated me. I need more piss. Bring around a bunch of mates and let's... Maybe that's all what Pepsi Max is about, to get a bunch of mates around, get them full yeah. of glow, get them ready to piss. Get them pissing. Bring bloody yeah. Sam Chapman back from the dead. No, thank you very much. Oh, that would be a funny thing. The piss... Um, <laughs> like Oh, brings the world back. He started off a bit scary, but he did transition into delicious because I convinced myself he was kind of like a, a white chocolate praline, like a fancy one that would have a, a glaze on it of some sort. So he was like, don't look at me. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't look at you because if I do, eyes will be bigger than the stomach and you're dead, mate. And <laughs> he, eat you up. He, I think he makes the transition from savoury to sweet because he comes out as a kind of... Uh, <laughs> a, a kind of... <laughs> it's a very much kind of crispy beef spider that he emerges as and then 
slowly <laughs> develops into something, you know, as you say, sweeter with a glaze. I mean, he does have a kind of a Cinnabon quality to him, like yeah, yeah, where. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if you were working in Cinnabon, like, you know, you're at your gene, you don't work in Cinnabon, you happen to fall into the mixer <laughs> and you get all you jumbled out. up with all the delicious toppings. Yeah. And then you, the person comes in like, I've become a giant Cinnabon. And like, oh, no. And it's somehow erotic, like this movie's making it out to be. That's what is there. He looks he looks tasty. He's a snack, folks. He's yeah. a literal snack. Yeah. <laughs> so Frank's emerged as a sort of scary Cinnabon snack man. And uh, I appreciated having this on the uh, on the old Amazon where I had my x-ray and they were happy to let me know that there was a separate actor who played Frank and another actor who played this character who they referred to as Monster Frank. Monster which, Frank. Again, took a little bit of the sting out of the, oh, this is going to scare you because it's like, <laughs> there, it's Monster Frank. <laughs> I felt kind of sorry for him. Ah, oh, Monster Frank, leave him be. There's two characters. There's Brother Frank, which he introduces himself first, and then there's Monster <laughs> Frank later on. Um, which Frank am I going to get, you know? So I think maybe the next day downstairs in the house, there's like a kind of dinner party and drinks celebration. And very early doors, Julia is like, oh, I feel unwell. I'm, I'm going to go to bed. But we all know she's off up to the pervert fantasy room. And we can hear like a little heartbeat under the floor. <laughs> Thank you for giving this all the ambiance and subtlety and whatnot because I can't get over the fact that when he meets her and he's like, ah, don't look at me. And then he literally, after a few moments of them conversing, goes, look, just help me, will you? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on, lady. I don't want to be a Cinnabon forever. Come on. I got a little bit spooked by the sort of crawling flesh nightmare that he is grabbing her and coming towards her. That was a bit a bit spooky his his movements a bit spooky the crawling flesh nightmare was a bit spooky so his gimmick here is look i need come come on would you give me a hand here i need some bloody blood give me the blood i just want blood it's a man with simple you know desires he wants blood to make him better he does now you can tell that this movie has had the hand of american producers because there's a few people whose whose voices seem to be ador to sound a little bit more british and mm. also as well the plot device where she just goes and gets a load of clonakilty black pudding you know the good import stuff that the brits <laughs> can rarely get and job's done job is literally done you know yeah you know if you were on a sort of horror taskmaster you'd have you'd have really solved it there but like get get the most blood I to revive so, yeah. frank and you'd be you just buy him some black pudding all right and i'm telling you all now when i die have a go with some kind of guilty black because <laughs> honestly it's re it's honestly one of my favorite things in the world Ooh, yeah know? if something's gonna bring him back it might well be that it'll be that It'll yeah. be that, like, and that could be the advertising campaign. They'd be like, you know, you have my funeral with all the bits, you know, that I've said in previous episodes that we yeah, have yeah. to have. And everyone has to, you know, it's a celebration. We should all laugh and enjoy. And then someone goes, hey, you know what Kevin loves? Clonakilty black pudding. Clonakilty black pudding is the only pudding that can speculatively bring Kevin back from the dead. And then you open up my meat and you just pour it, crumble it on. And then yeah. everyone's looking confused. You hit the logo. There we go. Put that after uh, the den and I will get big business for the comicility folks. I think we're at the point now with Cinema Swirl where we could probably edit together an episode that is just instructions for your funeral. <laughs> yeah, 
a nice funereal <laughs> swirl. I like that. Nice little compilation. So the uh, the daughter, Kirsty, she's or she comes upstairs, but nothing kind of comes of that. It's just a bit of an awkward confrontation. She's then walking home with her boyfriend, and then there's a kind of creepy guy. I mean, the, the, and this this creepy guy is yeah. the fucking most stereotypical creepy guy you ever did see. Yeah, he's sort of staring at them, looking all creepy. Um, so we established that he's there. But not re- not much happens with him. But I, I don't know if that pays off later in the franchise. But we'll, we'll come back to that creepy guy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Um, she has a nightmare after the date, which oh consists God, yeah. of a baby crying, a load of feathers everywhere, and then again, more sauce appearing underneath the feathers. Which, yeah. I guess it says a lot about me as an old man these days, where my primary concern and source of horror for this was how horrible, once again, this would be to clean up. And mm. I'll give you the tip of the cap again. Clive Barker, master of horror, who could basically present me a series of dirty rooms and being like, imagine to clean up this. <laughs> ah! Clive, no! I mean, that dream sequence was probably one of the creepiest bits, I think. That sort of weird very, vision. Very cursed, it was. Yes. Yeah. I assume this is tying into the kind of classic horror, sex, sin, weird punishment thing going on there. You know, the kind of... Yeah, and I think so. The, the the punishment element of it, for sure, because she wakes up from a nightmare in a cold sweat. Yeah. And she's all clammy and like... Ugh! And it, that's like if you know, you eat too many salted foods and you go to bed, you get that. That's a punishment. Yeah, yeah. You wake up and you go, Mah! you know, and you have some more salt to settle the stomach and get back to sleep. <laughs> Julia, she's just like taking her mission on pretty well here. She's just going out, yeah. drinking alone at bars, brings home a guy. How crap must Larry be at sex as well and just being a husband generally where like randos in a bar and a puddle monster are much more tempting prospects well the guy I guess he can't even get a fucking bed up the stairs am I right (laughs) I don't know if this guy is necessarily tempting she's just he's sort of a vessel of blood and he does the the good thing that they do in horror movies which is where he starts being like a piece of shit and quite forceful and gross so we don't mind a few seconds later when he he gets absolutely when he gets hammered yes yeah. oh i thought you were about to say he does that thing in horror movies you know when they take their trousers off and <laughs> keep their shirt and socks on which has made him look bizarre really bizarre i love that he's a british bloke because before they kind of they're at the point where he thinks they're gonna have sex he's saying oh uh too much drink i need to empty the old bladder he's like he's just nearly at the point where he'll be going oh just gonna There's nearly an ult from him, but there's not. I was worried she was going to be enamored with him as well because he was so shameful looking in his socks and his shirt. I thought he'd be like, (laughs) don't look at me. Don't look at me. (laughs) And then she's like, ooh, who will I kill for this guy? But no, he gets absolutely hammered. It it messes his jaw up. His jaw's kind of coming off. It's gross. All the corpses in this movie look horrible, for sure. Yes, yeah. And we get a little bit of Frank coming over and just kind of going over the dead body. We don't see what he... What he, blah, blah, blah. I see we just kind of blah, 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 blah. just eating it up. He, he literally goes blah blah blah, and then <laughs> he has been resuscitated by that blood supper. Then yep. he literally becomes that wooden man who told us to drink milk in Ireland, the special wooden bones man. I mean, except it, he's all made of billy roll and flesh. 
It's a niche reference that I don't understand, but I can kind of picture it. Every Irish person listening to this knows the special wooden man who made us drink milk. Yes. <laughs> Wood is like the calcium of a tree, which is good for us, which is why you should drink eight glasses of milk a day and then become lactose intolerant when you're 23. But what I would say is that he's not yet, he's not shaken off all the slime and goop and disgustingness. You know, he's still a pretty gross fella. He's gross enough that he's going to ruin every item of clothing he puts on, which he begins insisting on for whatever reason. Like, yeah. he, he must be going through it like a rate of knots. And like Larry, clearly, he's a loafer. He's not looking down at the basket and going, geez, that's an awful lot of slime <laughs> in the in the whitewash. You know, he doesn't care, does he? He's, he's fucking blind. And he wants Julia to touch him, does Frank. And he says come to daddy which i mean come to daddy more like because he's uh you know d- deceased as far as i'm concerned but or come to denny because he looks like a bunch of uncooked pork products <laughs> which uh, are the pride of my place every sunday morning well you were saying about larry that he's not curious about any of this because he he comes home and i imagine it stinks of murder in there and he's just right He's I taken... mean, if I'd been cooking black pudding in the morning, and you know, Joe would come down, she'd be like, have you been cooking blood? And I'd be like, yeah, you got me. Like, I have been eating a lot of blood this morning. So I figured that if I had a whole man's worth, there'd be yeah. more of a noticeable smell. But Julia's just like, oh, I feel a bit sick. And he's like, okay, doesn't, nothing bothers me. I'm fine. Goodbye now. Off I, off I go on my way. So Frank's like, all right. Clueless. I can stand up now. I look like the Irish milkman, but I need you to do a, a couple more killings. Just a few. Come on, please. My nerves are coming back, so it, it hurts, but I quite like that because I'm a, a weird pervert. And he's like, I want to get away from the, the Cenobites. And we're like, what, what are they? Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. And the, the, I think the most, <laughs> the most disgusting thing in this is Julia putting Frank's goopy fingers in her mouth because yes. he could have he could have had them anywhere right he could have been touching <laughs> L, you know he could be touching his arsehole and scratching himself you know, but yeah. he looks edible but he looks like a combination of flavors that is not palatable so i think it's mm, sort it's like yeah. if you poured loads of ketchup on a trifle and then put that in your mouth you'd be like ugh, ugh, horrible that's it's not the flesh and the blood that i'm worried about it's the kind of flavor combination <laughs> yeah and i and i yeah. feel as well without having another boy the same age to egg me on that i wouldn't have the stomach to to drink that horrible concoction <laughs> or put it in my mouth you know it's the only way that i could have that yeah. so it's another day another meet john uh, we did get another sighting of the the creepy man eating handfuls of crickets in yeah. the pet store I do like the one gets caught in his moustache. It's quite, you know, there's a little, little moustache cricket. I'm well aware of the certain foods that are more edible than not when it comes to having a beard. I wouldn't have been going for the crickets personally myself, no. but I now know, much like certain soups, they're on my advisory list of be careful. I want to bring back uh, what gets Stanley's dander up just to say that the only thing that spooks... I was going to ask, yeah. There's a lot of meat on screen. He must have been like thinking he was going to the butchers like a good boy. The, the only thing that bothered him was the pet shop, which I suppose is unsurprising. But I like yeah, that. he just yeah, did, yeah. Didn't, didn't like all the noises from the pet shop. But other than that, he was fine. Julia, she's br- bringing another lad back. And her hair gets taller with every kill, I've noticed. It gets more evil looking. She's very quickly yeah. become like more professional and evil 
and like a killer in how she looks. I don't know if that's just the height of the hair. It's but the it's, height of the hair. It's wholly yeah, yeah. the height of the hair. And Frank wearing a fucking shirt and having a cigarette feels legitimately hilarious. Like I can't, I couldn't be scared yes. for the rest of this film because that is so silly. Particularly when you can phrase it like Frank now has enough meat to smoke, which is <laughs> <laughs> which is a fun sentence. I was again now when he was when he had the cigarette in his lips. I was thinking, oh yeah, now getting a bit of that smoked lip meat we've got going on there now. Very <laughs> really nice, the tender cuts. And he he, he says like the, the the box. Yeah, he's got yeah. the box now, and he's like, trust me, baby, this box is one hell of a wild ride. So I'm imagining it's like some sort of a free to play skating game that you could could have you could get your teeth into. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not here to kink shame anyone. No. But the idea that this box is they stay over and over again is about like greatest pleasures possible and the outer reaches of experience for a human being but like i think it's a little bit smug of the sadomasochists of the world to just put their thing on top of everything else i'm not saying that it's not great i'm sure it is if that's your thing and all that but to say that it is the absolute zenith of all pleasure come on now have you ever had a really good mac and cheese on a stormy night i'm just that could be in the box. It doesn't need to be meat hooks. Does it vary depending on who opens the box as to what the pleasures I are? I wonder that because Frank is big into that, isn't he? Yeah, He's well yeah. into that. But then later on, Kirsty goes it when she just gets a Billy Roll puppet. So I'm not really sure. <laughs> and honestly, if I open the box, in spite of what I said earlier, there's a very 70% chance that Billy Roll in some form will be what comes out if it's untold pleasures. I mean, you, you have haunted me there because I think what would come out of my box would be a free-to-play skate game. And it would be, you know, oh. it, it'd be a, a, a double-edged sword. I'd be having a wild ride, but I'd be there'd be microtransactions. And then the direct debit Cenobites will show up and be like, You have spent way too much fucking money. You're a grown man. What are you doing? <laughs> I can't remember why the Cenobites show up here. Are they in like a vision or something? I've just I've just put that they're really weird looking. One's a sort of worm man with little glasses. I'd say they're very well designed creeps. Yeah. I think they all look different and horrible in their own way. And the less is more approach is used here, possibly to a fault, mm. where you're left with loads and loads of questions that increasingly poor movies that come after this are not equipped to answer for you. I thought there'd be more Pinhead. I'm going to say it now. At this point, there is not much at I all. I stay at the office for him, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, a day is what I'm thinking you'd, you'd yeah. need for it, like. Yeah. But he's the guy on the posters. But he's not the guy in a lot of the film. I wonder if his paycheck reflects that. But that's the thing, though. If you were Pinhead, you're basically being given a golden ticket to make money for the rest of your life by going to conventions. So yeah. maybe it's one of those kind of like gimmicks in wrestling. You know, it might not seem good at the time, but you'll get longevity and pay down the road. Yeah, the same thing happened with uh, Jaws from Jaws. You know, you always see him at the yeah. conventions. And he was only in the film for, you know, hardly five minutes, really, Aww. that guy. I don't know. I was down at Wales Con and Jaws was asleep behind his in his tank, and it, it was very sad. He had uh, he was just kind of floating around there, you know. It's because it was a Wales Con, and they they're all there to see the whales, not the not the sharks, mate. So that's why that's why that happened. Uh, so um, <laughs> Larry, he's finally heard something upstairs, sniffing about. Yeah, he yeah. wants to investigate. Julia's trying to stop him. Oh. It's nothing but a bunch of crucified rats, which oh, made fine. me laugh unreasonably. I mean, the, those poor rat lads with bloody nails through them. What do they do? It's a real yeah. shame. 
So Frank's not up there. He's actually snuck into the bedroom, which is where Larry and Julia go. He's hiding in the wardrobe. They're having sex, Larry and Julia. Frank comes out with a knife and... I'm surprised, you know, I mean, the the sex must be good because Larry doesn't notice this and also doesn't respond to his wife being like, no, please, I can't bear it, no. But she's saying that at Frank to be like, don't kill him or me or whatever. And Frank just kind of carves up a rat in front of them. Like he's at some sort of, you know, there's restaurants where they serve meat at the table. It's a shaver. They shave it. I'd do that with a carriage now (laughs) if I didn't want to have to cut it up small. I'd shave it now like you would a rat, you know? It's very good for salads. Yes. I'm amazed that the sight of crucified rats got uh, Larry in the mood in the first place. But the main takeaway from this was seeing Frank with a switchblade is something that always made me laugh. Like the idea of, like, I am a, I am a monster from hell. Now, don't come near me or I'll gouge you. Got my little knife. You know, yeah. proper, like, baddie from Greece knife that he's got <laughs> going on, like, you know? Whoa, whoa, Frank, we were just having fun. You took it too far. Put the knife away, Frank. Whoa, we'll Frank. get you your meat, Frank. We'll get you your meat. <laughs> Frank and Julie have a little argument. She doesn't want Larry to be killed, even though she says she doesn't love him. She doesn't want him to die. And then we see Kirsty, the daughter, seeing Julia, her kind of stepmom. Uh, sleuthing about. She's bringing a different man into the house. Yes, Prime Minister John Major she's brought back to the house. (laughs) And joke's on you, Frank, because he's got no blood. Ha! I'm glad you could see it too, because I said he looks like a cross between Dan Aykroyd and John Major, and it's just... Such a funny looking lad. Hey, there's just a bunch of like kind of weird water, like he left paper in a jug of warm water. <laughs> there's no blood, there's just that instead. It tastes grey. What's going on, Major? He's the only one he gets he gets hammered, but he doesn't quite die. He's still kind of Ugh. And we get a great scene now, which is just a bunch of wet lads mucking about. <laughs> The sound effects are very, very um, visceral. And at one point, I, I think I was, I was, I was writing some notes. I didn't see what was happening on screen, so I had to go back because it really sounded like Frank was drinking this guy's neck with a, with a straw. <laughs> it just sounded like he was like slurping it up, but he wasn't. This bit fucking destroyed <sighs> me. Yeah. This may have exercised the last ghoulie of being scared of this movie in the first place, and I finally grew a pair of ghoulies of my own here where... You have Frank trying to get Kirsty, and then mm. she's pretty much like, hey, you're just made in me. And she gives him a little like, uh, and he's like, Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. so funny. Yeah. So fucking funny. That was absolutely great. She gets the box and chucks it out of the window, and then she grabs it and wakens up in a hospital and has a whirl of a time. And this bit is like, genuinely silly in my mind like i couldn't take this as anything other than pure muppet madness well look there's a couple of things that frank says in the confrontation with kirsty just before this and one of them is his famous come to daddy but what (laughs) when she's left the house she's thrown the cube she's picked up she's gone away she can kind of hear what he's saying reverberating in her head and something about come to daddy 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 was just so daft and silly i don't know if it's like I don't know if the times have changed and that was once very, very scary, but that is extremely the silly. times have changed, you know, if you're a wet, skinless meat man these days, <laughs> it's really hard, you know, even with the apps and everything to find an appropriate partner because tastes 
have they've changed. sadly changed. They yes. have. They've changed. And she's in, she's in the hospital, in a hospital bed. The doctor gives her back the box and she starts fiddling with it, which is not a good thing. And she summons the soft Billy. No, this was Billy Bear is what this was. <laughs> this is properly. And it, like, it comes towards you looking yeah. very daft. And the closer it gets... It's just slightly slightly too complicated, I think, for the, the puppetry at hand, maybe. I think if a baby, a worm, and a scorpion went into the thing from The Fly, I think this is what you'd get. Why, have you seen The Fly? Have you seen it? No, I just know the... I've seen the episode of The Simpsons <gasps> that references The Fly, so I kind of know the concept okay. of the, the, the box. Yeah. Oh, the there's, a, there's a big resurgence of The Fly in this household, so maybe uh, next Spooky Throw we're going to have to uh, see if we can concoct a chaplain fly. And hey, we can do we can do spooky films outside of Spooky Spell. There, we we have done it. We have. Yeah, yeah. Precedent has been set. It's very true. <laughs> we famously did Halloween not on Halloween, which I, I still think is a good goof, and I'm proud of. I think it's good. It is good. A whole band made that their whole unique gimmick, you know, having a Halloween at different times of year. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> you said you'd be at my Halloween party. It's February 9th. Where are you? <laughs> Your Tom DeLonge voice sounds like someone. I can't work out who it is, but it's, it's not... <laughs> <laughs> not him anymore. Like all grand impressions, it has it has become. So, where are you? <laughs> so she manages to get away from this worm scorpion thing back into the hospital room. Did you like these cenobites? You got a proper look at them now this time. Well, I I I really didn't like the squ- there was a squealing TV that was making squealy noise. The telly goes. <laughs> And it was it was stuck on the bloody flower channel as well. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, we've got all the uh, syllabubs here. We've got the toothy fella with the kind of he's cold. Chompers. So he's, he's shivering. Chompers. Chompers. We've got Pinhead, who's got pins in his head, aka the Hellraiser. Because sort of, I think basically the gimmick is a, a lady one. That seems to be. Oh, I thought that her her head looked like it was a dream catcher, so I called her oh, okay. the dream catcher. The dream catcher, and then you've got the kind of worm guy, the manager the... of the local wine bar, who's <laughs> the sidelining jazz, and you don't get right good vibe from. <laughs> him. You just don't get right good vibe from him. Yeah. <laughs> And so they're saying, hello, we're demons to some, angels to others. We're going to, well, we're going to fuck you up. We're horrible bastards. And Kirsty, very smartly, is like, ah, my Uncle Frank escaped you. What if I bring him back to you? Oh, also as well, guys, here's a dictionary. Look at the word pleasure and maybe broaden your incredibly narrow definition of well, it. See, this was back in the 80s when you didn't have, like, TripAdvisor and stuff like that, so they could kind of get away with that without any kind of pushback. Oh, look, honey, the, the, the restaurant, it looks good. It's got four stars. It says taste or pleasures on it. I mean, it looks it looks like it's going to be fine. It'll be good. It'll be good, right? My food was cold, and when I asked for it to be taken away, they said they would tear my soul apart. So 
two stars. And then afterwards, it's like the Cenobite replies, he's like, hi, uh, sorry <laughs> for your bad experience. I was the duty manager on the day, and I think you were missing some key details from your recollection of what happened. You sent back the hooks. You said they weren't clean, even though they were meant to be dirty. Uh... So uh, the, the we'll, we'll tear your soul apart, is I think, is that an iconic line? Oh, yeah. Thing? Oh, this, yeah. Is, all, this is all iconic, this stuff here. I mean, this is, okay. I know I'm, I'm having a goof and a chitter at it, but one thing I should definitely say upon watching it this time, knowing when the movie came out, which is like, I think, 87, 88, yeah. and you might have never directed a movie before as well. So, like, you know, fucking kudos to Sideways Go from, you know, author of horror novels to director of iconic horror film. Ah. But, you know, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of, like, manga and anime and comic books and even video games that I have, you know, read and seen and played in the years since where I could very firmly go, okay, that's the influential thing. And it's very rarely what I ever talk about manga being influenced it's almost always manga has influenced something over in the west like the matrix like i hope no one's seen akira that type of a vibe <laughs> and this is like this has been very influential among horror heads and fantasy freaks and beyond it should be said uh, can't be understated back at the house larry's home frank needs new skin quickly because kirsty obviously knows he's there and he's a wrong end. you can't give us the old switcheroo where it's like ah frank's put on someone else's skin without at least one scene of Julie having to kind of hold it and pinch it at the back so we can make kind of trousers out of the legs and try to be like, hold on, I'm slippy. I mean, I understand why they didn't show us the skin skin suit situation. However, because they want a little bit of doubt in our minds that that's not what's happened. But He's too wet on the neck for it to be anything other than obvious. I would have liked the kind of... <laughs> They kind of slide together. Also, why does Frank inside of Larry's skin look a little bit like Vince McMahon? Can, can someone answer that? <laughs> no, he does. He has the desperation. Yeah. Vince McMahon always had the look of a man desperately exploding out of his own skin. Now, I get that for sure. We get a big maggot sick in this scene as well. One of the corpses that's been there for ages. Like, and it's good to know that even after dying and being brought back to life, through a satanic ritual that Frank is still a bit of a messer, a bit of a messy yes. man indeed. Yes. He's a bit of a scruff, I think I could say. I'd not to use that word lightly. I wouldn't use it very lightly at all. He's a messy man. Kirsty's having to kind of hide. To... So she's there trying to see her dad and they're like, what dad? I am your dad. Everything's fine. Julia takes Kirsty upstairs. To s and yes. th they see the corpse and that's gross. And then the centipedes are here and they're like, we... The center parks show up. <laughs> we want the man who has done this. We want that man. We want to find the man who's done this. How shit are they that they can't even tell? They're so fucking shit. Like, what? like, I mean, I'm sorry, but when I was raised Catholic, I was thought to assume that the forces of hell would be at least fucking competent. It's not like, <laughs> oh no, we fucking, this trailer park boys, you put different numbers on the house so you can't get the right person to go back to hell. Come on. <laughs> And Kirsty's like, no, no, because that's my dad, because she thinks that's her dead dad. And uh, until fake Larry is like, come to daddy, and, and shows his hand, reveals who he is. She knows that that's not He's her dad. He's too randy for his own good. And he quite, I, I suppose, not unceremoniously, but quite quickly just stabs Julia, who is his like main helper. <laughs> like he's brought him so many uh, blood, I was going to say blood vessels, but you know what I mean, like blood blokes. Blood Johns. Yeah. Blood Johns. Bloody blokes 
Bloody blokes. Bought him so many bloody blokes. And now he just betrays her and stabs her. And so goes after Kirsty, trying to get her. We'll get a little jump scare from Jesus Christ himself who falls out of a, a cupboard. There's a little statue of Jesus. That was probably oh, the scariest Jesus. thing in terms of, oh, God, Jesus. Leads Frank upstairs. And he's like, I, I think he confesses, doesn't he? He's like, I killed your dad. I'm the bad guy. And Cenobites are in the face of irrefutable evidence send the chains after him yes and this was something that traumatized me as a as a young one and gave me a big belly laugh this time where he went jesus fucking because <laughs> uh, they make his face big and stupid he's like oh, yes. oh, oh. <laughs> like he's fucking the end <laughs> like he's had way too much to eat and drink it was particularly grotty but in a quite silly plasticine kind of way right yes very yeah. clay fightery i thought yeah for sure yes and he fully bursts oh and he says like you set me up bitch and i'm like it doesn't seem in character for frank to be like that but anyway fine i mean you know frank is wafer thin in terms of a of a, of a, a he's, not, he's less a character more of a narrative construct yeah slowly made flesh over the course of 90 minutes but he looks happy in the face of death because i think you know he's a he's a pervert and this is still to him the pinnacle of of pleasure even though he doesn't want to die or does he want to i don't know he's dead now he's, he's wait burst. till this guy hears about autoerotic asphyxiation he's going to be fucking Wow, he's going to be so excited. He's going to be really jazzed. He's going to get loads of citrus. He's really excited. And so I, I thought that was Kirsty's like bargaining chip and the Salafanes would be happy. But they're like, no, we're, we're still coming for you. But she's got the box. Yeah, the centenaries still want to get her. <laughs> she's got the box. And basically she just goes from monster to monster, kind of pushing down the box and they all get zapped back in or they disappear with like yellow squiggles very easily done it seems it's like really easily done that no threat to this scene really no and i think there's a lot of it where it's like kind of oh it's mystery and you're gonna find out more maybe in like one of the other 11 hellraiser movies <laughs> and i know you know it's based on a novel and there is probably explanations for all this but it is quite i mean i, I just can't imagine like the thing or Freddy Krueger, or Michael Myers, or the Love Guru, like any of the <laughs> classic monsters horror, of horror, horror going away so easily, you yes. know? Yes. I mean, the weird worm thing does get to punch her boyfriend at one point, but that's about it in terms of threat. All the rest of them, she can just do a different thing with the box to defeat them, and it fi it felt like Bop It, you know? She was doing all the different, like, yes. twist it, squash <laughs> it, and they all just get... <laughs> Sucked back in. So that that is a kind of climactic scene of like the final big showdown. All these I've not got another Cenobite thing to say, but all the Cenobites be like we're bad, and then she just kind of twists the box and they're gone. A bit of a disappointment. Although what I will say isn't a sentinels. The sentinels. Her boyfriend. He takes off his jacket. He's got a very good shirt at the end there. A kind of multicolored square. He does. He sees Jack far too little in this. He's got good yeah. horror boyfriend fashion vibes, has he got yes. as old Jack? Yes. That shirt, I think, would fetch a, a high price on the vintage market these days. That would be oh, very yeah. popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People oh, would be yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirsting for that. She, I mean, the house sort of falls down and burns. Chucks the cube in a fire, which I don't think is a good idea. I think if, if I, I know if, if you had like a threatening thing that caused so many problems, you'd probably want to get rid of it. But at the end of like, 
at the end of the mask, it gets chucked in the river, and that doesn't work. I feel like at the end, you, you've got to do something else with it. An, in, you know? an industrial press is what I would be after, <laughs> Sam. Crush it into an even smaller cube, and yeah, then exactly. it'll be so fiddly that no one can do all the gimmicks with it, you know? It'd be easily sorted at that point, and all the Cenobites just be kicking around hell, tugging each other off with nothing else to do in the day. <laughs> and they'd probably be happy about that. The creepy man who ate crickets, he shows up. He's dry Bowser! What?! <laughs> Pulls the box out of the fire, gets all burned up, turns into a skeleton dragon, much like Dry Bowser. We zoom out of the box. Oh, this fucking last shot of them in the box was so fucking Ooh. funny. Yeah. Is that what happens if you fuck up in the cube? They zoom out and you're like, no! no. Yeah, and uh, Philip Schofield at the end is like, what's your pleasure, sir? (laughs) (laughs) The merchant from the start who sold the box to Frank is selling it on to someone else. So it's good to know that the cube economy remains intact at the end of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I thought there was a run on the cube at the end of that, you know? And that's the end of the cube. I mean, Hellraiser. So there we go. That was Hellraiser. I tell you what, I'd love to do the cube with you sometime, though. Genuinely, all this talk about cubes, I love the cube. But did you love Hellraiser? How did you get on? It's obviously, I think, the goriest movie I think we've ever done on Swirl. Am I right in saying that? I think possibly, yeah. Darkest? It's, uh, it had Dark some Darkest disturb- intent, at least. Yes, I could see its intentions. I think I had fun with it, and I had a little bit of kind of slapstick fun with it. You said you were scared at a few points. You mentioned there were bits that were yeah. scary or creepy or whatever. So I think it was the feathers and the blood and the screaming baby bits. Jesus Christ. Christ himself falling out of a cupboard. Just some of the kind of more, uh, you know, psychological bits were scary. So that sounds like a really great, like, exasperated exclamation. You know, because I love Jesus, (laughs) Mary and Joseph, but Jesus Christ himself falling out of a fucking cupboard. (laughs) I've stood on Lego. There were those bits, but I think the, the core spooky personalities here. So Frank, when he started putting a fucking shirt on and smoking, was too much of a laugh. He lost you. He got progressively less scarier as the movie went on, didn't he? Yeah, he peaked too soon being like a weird mm. beef spider coming out of the floor. And then it just went downhill from there. And his lines were oh, I'm bit... getting hungry now. Beefs, you can't get an order of beef spiders. <laughs> hey guys, how you getting on? Can I carry off some halloumi fries, some beef spiders? <laughs> We do small plates here, you know, like beef spiders. Don't, no, no, those are beef sliders you've ordered. The beef spiders is the chef's specialty. It will tear your soul apart, though, just so you're aware. The Cenobites, I don't know if it's because I've seen, like, I guess I've probably seen stuff that's riffed on these characters or they've become such, like, Halloween, especially, like, Pinhead mainly, I'm thinking of. They seemed familiar to you, though, in that sense. They seemed familiar. They're just, a, like, a bunch of goths hanging out and... They didn't seem super scary to me because they don't actually do anything that scary in the film. We're going to tear your soul apart. And then I suppose they set some hooks and chains on Frank. Uh, Uh. Sam, I think the centaurs are pretty much all talk (laughs) as far as I can see. Yeah, but I can see how in the 80s this, you know, and if you are... Uh, I mean, I'm, you know, in my 30s now. If I was a little teenager watching this and it was like a naughty thing to have watched it, and it's because it's an 18 rated film. That's it. Like, and I, I think for me, like, the reason why it probably freaked me out so much as a kid is like, I was a, you know, 14 years old or whatever it was. I was a very innocent, naive, wee little boy. And I think yeah. the fact that it was like, blah, gore, blah, fucking Satan, blah, sex, like all this stuff, like, you know. 
and, and quite outside the pale in its delivery a lot of those things yes. and you know the scariest thing I probably would have seen before that was like Jeepers Creepers or something <laughs> you know so and also I think like I was saying you know my mate he was went on to be like a big fucking goth and metal kid and all that right, like, yeah, you yeah. know he was enjoying it so much and I think it was the fact that when you realise that you're kind of on the out of something and it's not for you it makes it seem a little scary like I think if you had seen this in a similar circumstance that I did with someone who was like yeah fucking rip them apart man would you have been scared as well you reckon yeah I think it, it, it's circumstantial and I watched this after a nice pasta bake dinner oh very nice C- cuddled up on a sofa you know there's a dog with me I mean you can't you know it, it's no, it wasn't a spooky can't be scared scenario yeah. and so that lent itself towards me finding it quite funny and weirdly kind of comforting at times <laughs> just like oh it's a nice splat fest would you come back to it is it one where you're like you feel there's any kind of you know is it a universe or a world or even a movie on its own because I will say again like I don't think that any of the sequels hold I've seen I think two like the direct sequel to this and I've seen like Hellraiser fucking eight or some shit like that once so yeah I'm not sure what you reckon to that I'm curious about this year's recently released reboot yes. remake or sequel I don't know what it is yeah it's gotten positive reception mm. from the early office it seems at least I feel like this is a concept that you could make very creepy and I can see how this would have been very creepy but I just I was watching it in the wrong mindset and I had a laugh. Uh, yeah, and I, I think yeah. as well, you can't in good conscience say that this has aged well. It's like, there's stuff no. about it that's like for the time impressive and all that, but if you show this to any like young horror heads, it's to the point where the age of it is kind of distracting, I think, in many respects. And I'm just saying it's like, ooh, bad effects because the effects are really good at points, but it's just the reliance on the effects and also the pacing and the delivery of the kind of the main scares yeah. is uneven i think i would say if i was being very cruel it's a film that uh, as well as all that i feel like belongs and i don't mean this as an insult belongs on a vhs cassette not on a 4k streaming service you know yes i don't think i should have spent the extra pound renting the hd of this sam (laughs) is what i think i would have been fine with the sd 149 rental this is a real sd movie (laughs) it is i didn't need to get the HD DVD of this after all. No, but I look, I can't... I mean, it was a bit crap at points. I think some of the performances were a bit naff. Frank, I just found weird, but not in a good way. No one's great in this, but you're like, the lad who played Pinhead, I read an interview with him, and yeah. he was like, I, I, I couldn't see because of the, we all had these black contact lenses, so we couldn't see. So like my wow. performance was being able to take the three steps I needed for every shot without falling over and smacking my head because I couldn't see and all the uh. capes are really heavy and the prosthetics are really heavy. And again, if you smacked your head with all those pins on, that's a fucking, that's a real trip to a that. So yeah. It is. But you know what? In terms of something that I felt like you have an iconic looking ghoulie there in Pinhead, <laughs> that image alone, I think, sustains this franchise where people are just like, oh, I hear it's a really scary movie and there's that guy and look, at it, it's eye-catching, it's iconic, yeah. wherever you think about the movie. So, you know, congratulations, you've created one of the most iconic-looking characters who is not really that important in the movie, really. <laughs> no, not in this one. And inarguably, you're right, like an iconic, very well-designed costume and character and that, maybe that's, you know, worth it. That's that's enough, yeah. you know, that's... 
But we're not reviewing Halloween mask prospect sales. No. We're reviewing a movie. And I feel like if it's Spooky Swirl, how spooky it is, has at least got to be a contributing factor to yeah. your star wipe rating. So I will ask you now, oh. what is your star wipe rating? Brackets, your soul will be torn apart at the end of it. Oh, I had fun with this. I had fun with it. I had a laugh, but it's a bit uh, rough around the edges. It's a bit slapstick and silly, but maybe that's the fun of a spooky movie to watch at Halloween. So I don't want to be harsh to this, but also I want to. Uh, I've got. I've got a figure in my head. I've got a. I've got a star operating. You got a figure. Uh, I don't want to argue with it, and I might regret it. Let's just so be damned. Two and a half star wipes. You heard it here first. Ooh. Jesus wept. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swell. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. If you want to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinemaswell is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at cinemaswell on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash cinemaswell on Facebook, which is where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got questions, queries, comments, or anything else for the mailbag, then send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends if you think they'll like it, or even if you don't think they'll like it, just recommend it anyway. Oh, and if there are any bits in recent episodes that you think would make particularly nice video clips, you know, the kind of thing we've had on our socials recently, then send us a tweet and let us know. All right, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye.